Hey everybody, this is Les Stroud, also known as Survivor Man, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Roger Boyd of Head East, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 202 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best talk on hard rock, heavy metal, blues, music on the net. Episode 202, we've got a kind of a unique guest for Iron City Rocks, and we've got a classic rock band as well. Joining us, Survivor Man, Les Stroud. Les will be in Pittsburgh on the 8th of June to do a show that he, uh, we talk about, uh, kind of what the content of the show is, so I don't want to spoil the interview. But he will be at the Rivers Casino for a 7 o'clock show on the 8th. So we're going to talk to Les in just a minute. Also joining us, we have Roger Boyd of the band Head East. Head East, uh, probably a band that when you hear the name, it's one of those bands you've heard of for a long time. But if I asked you to, to you know, come up with a Head East song, you might have to think him for a minute. So we're going to reintroduce you to Head East. Uh, have a phenomenal live album out that makes these songs sound really, really crisp and clean. So what we're going to do, we're going to play a track from Les Stroud. Uh, yes, a track from Les Stroud. Uh, Survivor Man uh, does music, and uh, this is a track called Never Intended uh, from his latest CD release. And then we're going to talk to Les all about his survival career, his music career, and his show coming up this weekend. If you'd help me get off of this train, I'd go back to the woods, back to the forest. So open the door, give me a push, and help me get off of this train. Instead of the foul breath of cities I'd fill up my lungs With wind from the eagles Straighten my back And walk like I always intended But the pain that I feel Comes from watching you leave And my body is clenched by the fear But I Channel Survivor Man and Beyond Survivor. We have Les Stroud on the line. How you doing, Les? Hey, I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, hey, you're going to be coming into the Rivers Casino next weekend on the 8th to do a show. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what folks can expect from the event, uh, but also before we get into that, you have kind of a background in music. Do you want to talk a little bit about you know how you got in? Um, you used to work for Much Music in Canada, correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, my, you know, my background 
it was always a jumping back and forth between you know, a few passions. I mean, originally I was a big fan of Jacques Cousteau and Tarzan movies, and that's what gave me my love for nature and adventure. And uh, but then I discovered rock and roll when I was quite young, and and fell in love with music and found that I had you know I had a feel for it. So I've actually been writing and performing. You know, even since I was 14, I started writing and performing and uh, playing around and and you know toured with bands and that sort of thing. Uh, so the combination of the two has always been a big part of my life. And uh, it just so happened, you know, that the Survivor Man thing is what made me famous, I guess, is what yeah. took off. Um, but even in that uh, element, I've, I've, you know, I've written the theme music and, and uh, contributed music to it. And, and, uh, and as a result, uh, the, the freaky part is it's, it's, you know, being Survivor Man has opened a whole whack of musical doors, you know. Yeah. Give me the chance to board and perform with great people and, and, and play around. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to watch how your career. Um, you did some video production for for music videos, correct? And then you got into you know kind of pitched the idea for Survivor Man. That was your first actual like series, correct? With Survivor Man. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's it, it, it's so weird how things tie in because because yeah, I was making rock videos for bands like Rush in the eighties. Mm-hmm. When I say I was working on them, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and then and then much music, which is Canada's MTV, I was producing there. So I gathered all of my filmmaking experience from those those uh, circumstances, and then later when I was dedicated entirely to survival and adventure and mm-hmm. whitewater canoeing and dog sledding and all that, it just became an uh, you know sort of a no brainer for me to say, you know what, I, you know I could I could make films of this stuff, and the, mm-hmm. the only other people doing it at the time were maybe Warren Miller with his ski films. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jacques Cousteau was was retired. Bill Mason up in Canada was pretty much retired. Right. So, uh, in fact, he eventually he had passed away. So nobody was doing these kinds of films about what it's like to be an adventurer in, in the in the wilderness. Yeah. Wanted to put the two together, and and so I did. Yeah. Do you, Do you regret at any point the the idea that you would be the only man there and you would shoot yourself? I mean, I know you, you know, watching the show and being a fan of the show for years, you have to do a lot of things twice. You know, climb down with the gear and then climb back up, climb back down so you can film yourself. I mean, did you ever kind of kick yourself for that idea? Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, there is, there is, regret's a strong word. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, you know, I can easily be heard to, to lament the fact that, uh, that I'm out there alone. In fact, being out there alone and doing all of this stuff on my own is, is very likely the toughest part of any, any, yeah. any, Film, you know, so much easier when you have a crew. When I did the series Beyond the Survival and we mm-hmm. traveled filming with remote cultures, I had a crew with me, and I was that was absolute heaven. But doing all of this stuff, climbing the cliffs, setting up the camp, I like it. I love I love the artwork that I put into it. I love the yeah. effort and the effort I put into it. But coming around twelve years of it now, it, it's it definitely is is tiresome to be to be expressing yourself creatively so hopefully powerfully. But always alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, that's that's why I love the band thing. That's why I love performing. Cause that's yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's a great point. You know, when you mention that, I mean, there's other shows of similar topic, but you know, with a crew, you have people to talk to, and kind of, you know, when you're not shooting, you can you know bounce things off people and things like that. Um, which kind of brought me to to you know how you've incorporated music into the show. You're, you're known, you know, to be sitting in some lean-to shelter somewhere in the Amazon and bust out the harmonica and, and just start wailing away. Um, do you find that helpful, you know, kind of on an emotional level to have music as kind of something to occupy your mind other than the scenario you find yourself in? You know, I'll answer the question a little more, I'll answer it a little bit deep uh, in, the, sure. in that 
sometimes the answer is really is, is no. Um, and I think because what ends up happening, just like missing your significant other, mm-hmm. I, miss, I, I miss the music, you know. Okay. Um, I was a, a hardcore adventurer. I, I got to say, I didn't miss music. I spent about 10 years outside of music, not paying attention to it. I sadly uh, missed the whole uh, era of grunge. I wish I hadn't of, um, but I missed all that because I was paddling a canoe. Mm-hmm. But now I'm so much entrenched in music again that when I go out and do my adventuring, as much as I love it, um, uh, I start to think about it, and I and I and I think, oh God, I wish I had a guitar in my hands. You know, I wish yeah. oh, I've got a tune in my head. I wish I was in the studio, or I wish I was performing for somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's not much a comfort, you know. I think the easy answer to say, oh yeah, it's it's nice to play my harmonica and it makes me feel good. But it, no, it actually touches me back to where everybody else is, and I'm not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's it's hard to you know I do this little mental game sometimes where I think I'm this little speck in the middle of the Amazon jungle and I and I do sort of that 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 um, graphic vision of like go, coming up from the top of my head going way 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 high into the out into the sky and out into the atmosphere until you I realize how tiny of a speck I am and I'm completely alone mm-hmm. so actually and the thoughts of it I, I start to long for it when I'm out there that said I do get a lot of inspiration by being out there yeah yeah now the series beyond survival um, I found particularly interesting because you're kind of immersing yourself in the cultures. Was that entirely your idea, or, or how did the idea for that show come about? Uh, I was actually, you know, I'm always about progressing, doing something more, bigger, better, different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, creativity is, is really, and being an artist is really what my driving factor is. And and um, I'd been, you know, a lot of years, I was 10 years of Survivor Man, and I wanted to take it elsewhere. I wanted to get past you know, fire bows and shelters. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I know everybody loves that, and so do I, but I, I still did more. And, and spiritual survival and emotional survival uh, are a huge part of whether or not we perish. And and I realized that, you know, I wanted to be in touch with those people that are still remote and still feel completely connected to the earth and, and while they're there. And it's not just about making the fire. Mm-hmm. To them, they're... In the, in the leaves, there's a soul in the rocks and the grass and the snakes and the spiders and the animals, you know. And so, and I happened to be talking with somebody about, you know, plant medicines and ceremonies and stuff, and I thought, well, man, that would be, that's it right there. Why don't I, why don't I travel around the world and, and, and do all these different ceremonies uh, and do them earnestly? Mm-hmm. And that is how Beyond Survival was born. And I still, I, it's a bit of a critically acclaimed series. Um, yeah. I know every Man, but people who've seen Beyond Survival, uh, they always say, "Wow!" Like they just they love that. It, it's my I'm the most proud of that series for sure. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. You know, as a, as a you know the, the world is most of us and probably most of the people listening to this are going to be on an iPod or, or a computer or something. You don't even realize that stuff exists. And I think that was what was you know interesting about it. I think everyone can kind of envision. You know, you're off on you know Colorado and you veer off the road and get lost. That's a situation you can see yourself in, uh, and I think that's what makes that show interesting. That the Beyond Survival was you know, like, wow, I didn't even know this still existed. You know, in this connected world, you found people that are completely disconnected, and that, that's well, I didn't even know that it existed either until I got into it. I wasn't sure. I thought, well, where else can there be anybody who doesn't mm-hmm. know what yeah. is? You know, and yeah. sure enough, some of them. Sadly, on a sad note, some of them. They were on their last legs, mm-hmm. and I mean, I can tell you of a couple of shamans now that you watched me do ceremonies with that live in houses now in town. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was it. That was their last breath of what the, I, it's, it's almost like I signified that last moment of assimilation where, you know, well, they're, they're just a few steps away from leaving this little village and going working at the resort anyway, washing mm-hmm. dishes. Yeah. Really sad. Um, there's a handful of them still out there. Um, you know, but they have to be really tough to get to, like the Papua New Guinea Hewa or something. Sure. Because uh, even the Kalahari Bushmen, I mean, you could walk from their village to a resort. So how how, how much longer can they live half naked out on the sand? You yeah. know. Exactly. So, and and so they they definitely are disappearing fast, nonetheless. Now, when when you do a show, either either one of these shows, how much research? I mean, we we see you get dropped off somewhere, and a week later, or ten days later, whatever. I get picked up, but I mean, you're a man from Canada, so I'm assuming your your knowledge of Papua New Guinea was not all that strong before you did the show, or maybe it was. But how how much research and time do you put into, you know, what we see as one episode of one of your shows? Well, I mean, true enough, my survival skills travel pretty globally, but that doesn't mean I know plants I can eat when I get to Costa Rica. Yeah. Oh, so I gen I tend to spend about uh, four or five days on the ground, sometimes three days on the ground, um, training with a local survival guide or expert. And okay. that might be some, you know, weathered, le- leather-skinned little little guy that doesn't speak any English, mm-hmm. or it might be, you know, a, um, a desert dude who really knows his, has a yeah. lot of plants lives out in the desert all the time. So, um, yeah, I definitely do some training. Because and the thing is, you know, unlike any other show, uh, I really do it. And I'm not... Uh, host. I was a guy right. who really did survival and lived it and taught it. Mm-hmm. So when I go down there and I learn about edible plants or something, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love get, I love that week before where I'm back in school, basically. Yeah. And so it doesn't take, I don't need to take notes or anything like that because it's the kind of stuff that always stays with me anyway. You show me that leaf, I'll remember it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so so I, I enjoy that part for sure. Sure. Um, now let's let's turn a little bit to to your music. Um, you had a CD. Was it last year? Wonderful things came out. Wonderful uh, things came out last year. I think that's my fourth uh, fourth now. Of course, as I said, I've been writing for since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Now, in recording, for those not familiar, you're doing um, is it mostly like acoustic music? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a mixed bag. I'm kind of you know, if, if I had to describe it, I mean, if you t- it's sort of like a Dave Matthews kind of thing, where okay. I like to slip it rock and roll, but I also love to get down and quiet and do the acoustic thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's moments of Ray LaMontagne and David Gray and moments of Peter Gabriel at the same time, too, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so the music is a, a bit of an eclectic mix of, of predominantly uh, predominantly acoustic, uh, sort of acoustic uh, mixed with acoustic art rock, you know. Okay. And was harmonica your first love? I mean, or is that just kind of what you're most known for because you're well, playing it on the show? The weird thing is, musicians, you know, there are certain things you you adapt to really quickly, and and um, guitar has always been a struggle for me as much as I play it, and it's my lead instrument when I play and sing and write and piano. Um, but harmonica, I picked it up for fun. Well, it just turned out I had an affinity for it mm-hmm. um, and love it. So I don't really carry a lot of virtuosity with me, but if there is any of that, it would be in the harmonica. Mm-hmm. I'll have no, I have no problem jumping on stage with anybody. I've, I've gotten head-to-head with John Popper. He's a much better player than me, but, yeah. but what I'm I, I'm I'm qu- I'm quite confident in, in playing the harp. The other instruments are are my my you know my backing instruments for myself as a singer songwriter performer. Sure. But I get much better players to do the solo <laughs> guitar solos than me. But harmonica, yeah, you know, step out of my way and let me let me take the stage. And I'll, I'll, I love the blast out the harp, especially if I can really rock it out. You know, mm-hmm. go full ample. 
Was, um, you mentioned John Popper, was Blues Traveler kind of it, or, or did you go back to like a Junior Wells or a Shorty Medlock or some of those, you know, old school mm-hmm. players? Were they kind um, of more? I, when I started training, I, st- I purposely went back. And I went back to Sonny Terry um, and uh, Sonny Boy Williamson and those guys. I went back there first, Junior Wells. Then then I moved up to James Cotton, Junior Wells, you know, the guys who mm-hmm. got electric, Billy yeah. Bronk and uh, Sugar Blue and all those guys, um, and, and loved all that. And then, and of course, nowadays, there's not that much, still not that much out there. I mean, there's John, John Popper. Right. Um, Jason Ritchie is a, an American blues harmonica player. He's, uh, he's mind-blowing. He's out of this world. Um, and then, then there's the, the masters like the Mike Stevens and Howard Levy's and up here, uh, uh, Carlos Del Hunco. So, so there's, you know, depending on which way you go, I've allowed myself to be a bit of a hybrid, taking things from all of them. Mm-hmm. But if I am going to stand out, and I believe I do, I kind of Jimi Hendrix a bit, in a, in a bit. That's that's what I do. Some stuff in concert now where I. I try to be, you know, a little bit reminiscent of Jimmy Page in the Jason Confused moment with his violin bow. Mm. Like, you know, give me, I've got a, a rack of pedals, give me my harmonica and just leave me alone, let me go for this. Because no one's doing that, you know. No, um, I have to admit, I, I don't know that I've ever even noticed a harmonica player with pedals, that's an interesting... I've got a pedal board and um, Jason's got a good set of pedals as well, but not, but I've got it spread out and I like to just mess it up, you know. So I, I but at the same time, Love to sit down and pull off some Sonny Terry Brownie McGee. So, yeah. so I like it all, but in concert, I definitely to give myself my own mark, my own name, and my own sound. Uh, I've decided that you know that's something I can do that no one does, and that's really just mess it up, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I see uh, Honer has a signature edition harmonica for you. Yeah, I mean that was just one of those nice swag things that we sure. did. Uh, because of my name, and because, again, that weird thing about how Survivor Man has opened up musical doors. Yeah, you know? amen. Yeah, I didn't go with it. Honor's going to oh. make a harmonica. Yeah, anytime you can be immortalized in an instrument, that, that's cool. It's a good thing. <laughs> exactly. Now, the show you're doing um, this Saturday, you're there at the Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh on the eighth. What um, what can folks expect for you know when they come in the door? Well, first of all, they can expect a show like they've never seen before because it's not like anything before. And and I, I'll say with a lot of bravado, I, I intend to give them one of the best concert experiences they've ever they've ever had. Now, with that, you know, uh, vanity out, uh, aside <laughs> or confidence aside, sure. however you want to look, um, what I do is is it's a it's a wonderful combination of large screen video with images from all around the world, beautiful nature images and wilderness okay. images. And Survivor Man stuff. Um, I, I I rock it out with music with those images. I'll get down and get intimate with my acoustic guitar. But the thing that I can throw in as well as I as I do storytelling and okay. even, even answer where it's like, what do you want to know about Survivor Man? And nothing's off the table. And I get the craziest questions, and I'll, I'll break it down and talk to the audience and tell stories. So it's a very full evening, really, of storytelling, music, video, and it's all kind of put together in this. Uh, this, this bit of extravaganza. I've always loved the stage, and I've always loved performance. Mm-hmm. And this this gives me an opportunity to bring together all of Everything. my my experiences of Survivor Man with my passion for performance and and playing music. Yeah. you know, and put it together at the same time. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I just have one one question. It's always kind of uh, been a question of mine. If if you were to not know you were stranded, you know, obviously, um, you always have your multi tool and your harmonica. If you had to pick one, which one would you take? Yeah, the, the multi-tool. <laughs> I love my music, but I'm not stupid. Um, and I, in fact, I would drop both of them 
for uh, a good solid pack of matches or a strong lighter full of fluid. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, maybe someone could come off home or could make a, a harmonica with a flint on the end, you know, magnesium <laughs> case and a, and a flint on the end with you. That's, have that's a perfect idea. We, talk, we banter stuff like that around all the time. That is an awesome idea. Exactly. And who else is going to have a harmonica with a flint striker on it? Exactly. Yeah, and you can kind of blow the notes to get air into your fire bundle and <laughs> have it all. Fire. Of course, if you're going to do that, maybe a GPS chip wouldn't be a bad thing, but... Yeah. All right, Les, well, I want to thank you again. Uh, June 8th, uh, you'll be at the Rivers Casino, 7 o'clock. Tickets still available. You can go to riverscasino.com to get all that information. And thanks for joining us, man. Thank you very much. Land Shark Lager and Margaritaville Tequila present Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reaper Band. How many people want to see Songs from St. Somewhere Tour. Thursday, July 18th, First Niagara Pavilion. One night only. It's 5 o'clock, Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com, all Ticketmaster outlets, or charged by phone. Don't miss Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band, presented by Margaritaville Tequila and Landshark Lager. All right, special thanks to Les Stroud again. He'll be at the Rivers Casino on the 8th to do a show at 7 o'clock. Um, as he said in the interview there, it's going to be a combination of his music. Um, obviously, he's a guitarist, a uh, very accomplished harmonica player. Uh, and a great cinematographer, so there's going to be um, video screens with, with a lot of his footage, and he's going to tell a lot of stories, which I'm sure he has a million. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, familiar with Survivor Man, obviously a show very similar to Man vs. Wild, um, kind of a, I guess sort of a competitive show. I always thought it was odd that Discovery ran both those shows at the same time because they had a very similar premise. Uh, the thing about uh, Survivor Man was that less was actually his own camera crew. He would take uh, nothing but a few small provisions for the trip and 50 pounds of camera gear, and he would shoot the entire show himself. He also was an editor. He contributed music to the show. He was the producer of the show. So um, obviously there are other people involved, but he obviously put a lot of himself into that show. So you'll be looking at a lot of his video work as well during the show. So it looks like a really, really interesting show, kind of something a little bit different. Uh, than you see on a normal concert store. So we're going to turn our attention now to an interview that Eric did with Roger Boyd of the band Head East. I think uh, many people recognize the name of the band Head East, but maybe you can't with the tip of your tongue think of the songs. Um, had a song called There's Never Been Any Reason, uh, which is one of those songs, if you listen to classic rock for more than a couple hours, I'm sure you're going to hear that song even to this day. Uh, it's a song that uh, the recording... To, honestly, sounds a little dated at this point, and that song's pushing 40 years old, if it isn't 40 years already. So, uh, but they've done they've done a live album. Uh, Roger has assembled uh, some great musicians around him, and uh, Eric had a chance to talk to him about this live album. And I think with just a little sampling of "There's Never Been Any Reason Save My Life," uh, you're going to see that they've really done uh, an amazing job on making these songs sound very modern and very good. So. Head East, again, they've got a new live album. Let's talk to Roger Boyd.
on Iron City Rocks, we have Roger Boyd from the legendary band Head East. How you doing, Roger? Uh, great, Eric, and great to be with you today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Sounds like there's a lot going on in the world of Head East. Um, uh, you got what uh, an album that's just has just come out, and another one that's been remastered, right? Yes, uh, Raise a Little Hell just came out on CME, distributed by Sony Red, and uh, is really doing great. Which is a combination of um, a half a dozen of our, you know, cuts that have been with us for years and years that people like to hear, and then um, we have about four new songs, five new songs. Uh, Raise a Little Hell, which of course is the title cut of the album, a, a great tune called Prisoner say yeah one night uh and etc and that just has been out about two weeks and then um our 1975 head east double live um cd uh just was released by rock candy records out of the uk um and it hasn't been available on cd so we got a lot going on besides now that memorial weekend is here why we're we're hitting hitting the trails for the summer Mm -hmm. yeah i see your tour i believe is starting this weekend right yeah, uh, we're starting this weekend. We got a big outdoor show uh, in St. Louis, uh, actually one of the suburb, western suburbs of St. Louis, and then we go up north to Sterling, Illinois. Both of those are, are raising money, one for Children's Hospital in St. Louis, and oh, cool. then one in Sterling for local food pantries and military families of fallen soldiers. And um, then uh, then we'll head up to Michigan and uh, Iowa and uh, be off and running. Excellent. It's great to hear that you're helping out a lot of people with what you're doing too. That's really great. Well, we like to combine that when we do. You know, we're we're a good good time band and fun, and and of course, being Midwesterners, we're pretty neighborly. So, anytime we can combine some great music, fun, and partying outside, and and uh, help some folks out in in the process, always uh, makes a great combination. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry to see that you're not uh, coming close to Pittsburgh, but uh, you know maybe sometime you you will be. That would that would be great. I've definitely never seen you, but I'd love to. Yeah, we hope so. Uh, we always we played Erie, Pennsylvania over the years quite a bit, but strangely enough, we played all around Pittsburgh. But we only played uh, Pittsburgh uh, a time or two, which. I always thought was uh, a bit unusual. It's a great city, and uh, we'd love to, you know, love to do some more shows in that area. We got some great fans there, so uh, looking forward to it. And, and hopefully uh, later this year, or maybe next year, when we get out and celebrate 40 years of flat as a pancake, why um, we'll get through Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now uh, I, the, I've listened to the uh, the new CD that's just come out, the the live the Raise a Little Hell CD, and it just it sounds really great. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you made that, and where you recorded it, and uh, just how you? I mean, it just has a lot of energy, and um, I just got really pumped up listening to it. Oh well, great. Well, thanks. Well, one of the things, Eric, is uh, Hedy's live has always been our our strength and forte. We mm-hmm. always enjoy it playing live. We love that interaction you get between us fans and the audience and, and the music, there's just something really special uh, about it. So we just did two shows. You know, some people go, is this all one show? And I go, well, that's pretty tough. We did we did two shows for our one up in northern Illinois, a big outdoor show in Rockford, and then another one at the big casino outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, really didn't do too much to clean it up. Uh, you know, when people come out and see our live shows, they'll know that we can, uh, we can nail it live. And there's just something really special about a good live recorded live show you know it's so spontaneous and there's so much more energy uh and we decided we wanted to since that's what we think we do the best uh we wanted to do another uh live record and uh boy so far the response to it's been overwhelming so we're real excited about it 
Yeah, great idea. Yeah, you you definitely nailed it. Now, can you talk a little bit about the uh, the lineup of the band that you that you currently have together? Well, the band right now is Darren Walker's uh, singing. He's the lead vocalist, and he wrote "Say Yeah." Greg Manahan plays bass, guitar. Uh, he wrote "Prisoner," which is really a different. It's a story song about an old in, Indian legend. He's uh, he's he's part uh, Sioux. Um, ah. Oglala Sioux, about an old Indian legend about the deer woman. It's a really excellent tune and a little different than some of the stuff we've done in the past. So you need to, people need to check out Prisoners, a new song. Then Glenn Bridger, as a lead guitar player, wrote uh, One Night, and then Eddie Jones is drumming for us. So And everybody sings. Um, we split lead vocals from time to time. And as, as in the band lineup has always been, a lot of great vocal work. Sure, definitely a lot of harmony and everything. How long has this lineup been been together? Uh, these guys have been with me about five years, and, and it's really pretty interesting. Uh, you know, generally most people don't understand, except for probably ZZ Top, because it's only three guys. Right. Band, bands generally don't stay together as long as people think they do. You know, five, six, seven years, and there's always some changes. Um, you know, and then, of course, unfortunately, you lose some people. We've, we've lost a couple people over the years. But... Uh, these guys, and so after the quote-unquote original band player last show in the 1980s, you know, I went to another era of trying to find a great combination. And it's always tough to get people that really will meld together really well and have all the, I like my room hot, I like my room cold, I want to sleep late, I want to get up early, et cetera, et cetera. So these guys actually were had played together before in Kansas City, and I uh, produced an album for Darren, the lead singer, about 10, 11 years ago. And we always stayed in touch, and so finally I got pretty exasperated, and I thought, you know, I'll just find some guys, uh, a band that really has as close that, almost right on that heady sound we've always had. It'll be easier to meld me into them than to try and break everybody in. And so they auditioned for me, and um, it was just great. People were just stunned. And uh, so we've been together now, going on, almost gone on five years. That's that's good. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Now, how have you how have you kept it together for forty years? Or, or you know, just that you you've been there. You, you've been the original member, and, and uh, how has that been? And uh, can you, if you want to just run through it, you know, cliff note version maybe for those who aren't familiar with with uh, your background. Well, interesting enough, we played our first show August 6, 1969, and just got hired in a firecracker. We were doing uh, uh, cover stuff, of course, and uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Three Dog Night, you know, all the vocal stuff. And then John and Steve, Steve Houston, John Schlitt, left to go back to college. So then for the next three years, you know, I went through a bunch of band changes. And when they graduated, we got together in 1973 with the express intent of, of doing an album. So in 1970, summer of 74, we cut flat and came out on our own label, we put up the money for, we were one of the few bands back then to have a national record, do our own, pay for our own. Came out on A&M in, in um, 1975. They picked it up, re-released it in June. And so then that lineup was together until April of 1980. Then I've gone, cut some records and gone through some changes. And, uh, you know, went through, uh, we were rock and roll and really hot in the 70s. And, of course, in the mid-80s and early 90s, why classic rock was dinosaurs. And then in 95, thank goodness, we all, people came back to their senses and we all became classic. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that just meant you stayed around. You're getting older and stayed around a long time. And classic rock kicked back in, and, uh, you know, I got together with these guys um, about four or five years ago, and, and they're just really special. And, and so 
that's, I'll play with this lineup until uh, I decide I'm not going to play anymore. But that's uh, that's still a few years down the road. So Raise a Little Hell is is really um, it's one of the best albums we've ever done. I think we're really mm-hmm. excited about it and and really doing a big push on it. And uh, then we're going to do some special things in the next couple of years, next year to celebrate, of course, 40 years of, of flat as a pancake, which has really stood the test of time, and obviously is our is our premier flagship album. Mm-hmm. Are you are you uh, do you plan on uh, like re-releasing it with bonus tracks or anything like that? You know, I don't know at this point in time, Eric. That's that's something we've thought about. Uh, we're probably going to do a two-set show, and I'll, I'll do one with the lineup we got now, and we'll do all the non-Flat as a Pancake stuff, and then we'll take a brief break. And um, like Steve Houston, our drummer, he'll he'll be with us on the show this weekend. He comes out a couple times a year and sings. He, he can't drum anymore. He's had a couple of heart attacks, but mm. still sing, sings like there's no tomorrow. Um, and then uh, have some of the original guys back, and we'll do Flat as a Pancake with these guys and a couple of original guys, you know, cover to cover. But uh, that's, a, that's a thought that we've had. We're obviously going to do some video stuff, in it, but, but we may re-release it and and do some bonus tracks because John and Darren, John Slith, the, the quote-unquote original singer, and Darren Walker, they sound like brothers. You and I can't always tell the difference between their voices, especially oh. in mid-range. And to hear them sing together would be pretty nifty. So, uh, you know, you kind of get that sibling harmony thing, even though they're not related. So, and they yeah. have a lot of like blonde guys with long hair. So, we're <laughs> uh, that's one of the things in the works. But um, that's still a year away, and uh, right now it's, uh, we're going to be raising hell all summer long. So That's great. Is there any plans to release any of your uh, concert footage in the form of video for those of us who uh, maybe can't get to a show Yes, there is. In fact, uh, we we did a couple of videos, which is out. Uh, one night's out. We haven't released Prisoner yet, but we shot down in, in Louisiana, in New Orleans. And at this point in time, we'll probably have to wait till the end of the summer. We're going to do uh, a Head East kind of live, quasi-unplugged live thing. Uh, they've already done one that they just would with a local band to see how the format works. And we're going to shoot that down in Baton Rouge in New Orleans, and we're going to ha- uh, we're planning on having that out this fall, and it'll probably be an hour to hour and a half long, and uh, probably an hour and a half. And we're going to have some of the guys, some of the alumni, Head East alums, uh, come in, like like Steve will definitely come in and sing and stuff like that. There'll be a, a really nice mixture of tunes. So we're, we're going to do do some live footage, but but right now that that one's definitely on the books, but it'll have to wait till fall. That's great. Now, your new album that has come out and the live album from before, um, plus all your other albums, are they all in print? And I mean, I, obviously the two new ones are, but um, are they pretty easy to get, like on iTunes or just in, in, in other formats? Yeah, almost everything now is up on iTunes. Um, the, of course, Universal Music bought out our old record company, A&M, and like the Getting Lucky album and what we call the Arrows album that had Since You've Been Gone on it and stuff, Road Sign album, whatever, those are combined as one record. You can buy those. That's a, that's a double set on CD. Uh, flats Out, uh, Different Kind of Crazy, which really did well in Europe, a song If You Knew Me Better. Um, and I don't know what the record company is over there. It was a European, kind of like Rock Candy Records. But almost everything is available, and if you can't find it on uh, iTunes, um, our website is head-east.com. Uh, Drew Willis is our webmaster, and he's a great guy. Drop yeah, it's us a nice a line. Site. Yeah, drop us a line. we got one of the best 
websites going or pop a note on Facebook and we'll guide you to a place where you can get it or we'll find a way to get it to you. Mm hmm. Well, that's that's very good. Yeah, it's it's a lot of good material, and I encourage everybody to to go check it out. Well, Roger, thank you so much for for doing this interview. Um, I, I wish you well on this tour. I, I wish I could be there, but uh, I hope you come back into the Pittsburgh market and we can uh, we can check you out. Well, we're we're definitely going to get over that way. Uh, we have some other things booking agent wise that we're doing, and we just got an agent that used to book us uh, many moons ago out of the Cincinnati area that, that's come back to to work with the organization we were with, and so we're really pushing to get back over to Pennsylvania and upstate New York. We had a lot of success over uh, that way because it's been far too long, and we had a show we played in Connecticut us in Foghat last year. We had people coming out that had been waiting 15 or 20 years to see us, and it was it was a real treat. It was a special treat. So we're definitely going to be get over there to the Pittsburgh area, drink a little Iron City beer, and uh, party with um, all your folks over there at, um, in the Iron City area. And thanks a lot again for having me, Eric. Okay, thanks. You take care. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, man, I could do so much better than that? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue, and I've decided to write my next album live and online at RageAndApathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to RageAndApathy.com and join my madness. All right, I want to thank again Roger Boyd from Head East and Les Stroud, a.k.a. Survivor Man, uh, for coming on the show. You can check out Head East at head-east.com, and Les's website is lesstroud.ca. Yeah, he's a Canadian boy. So uh, check those out. Um, again, Les will be at the Rivers Casino on the 8th of June to do a show, and Head East has a new live album out um, soon, So both of which are really, really cool. So invite you to check our website out ironcityrocks.com you can get our mobile app the itunes app store it's called iron city rocks also you can find us on facebook forward slash iron city rocks twitter.com forward slash iron city rocks also invite you to check out uh, another podcast we do called heavy metal book club at heavymetalbookclub.com uh, where if you're into reading uh, you know the memoirs of a lot of the great rockers uh, we talk uh, to a lot of them on that show and, and kind of digest the books in a little more detail. So I invite you to check that out. And also, don't forget, Iron City Rocks and Heavy Metal Book Club are part of the Cast Iron Ring family of podcasts, uh, which include seven other great podcasts from literally around the world. Uh, we've got shows on Music Gear with Signal to Noise. We've got a show from Brazil, uh, Wiki Metal, a show from England, Weird Ways, uh, shows from Boston, which, because of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I will not even mention the name of the show because we don't like Boston right now. Uh, we have a show from Canada and Florida collectively, uh, Radioactive Metal. We've got uh, Bone Bat from uh, out on the West Coast. Um, and I'm probably forgetting somebody. Oh, Bob Nabandian with his Shockwaves Hard Radio and Shockwaves Skull Session, also from out in the West so a lot of great shows uh really great guys um we have a lot of fun uh working together so i invite you to check out all of those shows and i'm sure you'll find something uh, very enjoyable uh for your ears in addition to iron city rocks and the heavy metal book club so until next time if you'd like to send us any information it's iron city rocks at gmail.com we appreciate any band submissions 
comments, criticisms, you name it. Uh, just send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and appreciate any reviews on iTunes as well. And as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you.